Well, hello and welcome, my friends, to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely awesome day today. Hope you guys enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. I went into detail on a lot of different topics. I may touch a few of them here on certain things that we're starting to see out more and more. Also, too, on why in the world they're putting trimethamine now in the child vaccines, which is basically used for cardiac heart attack patients. Interesting stuff. So it was a really good show. Hope you guys heard it. One thing that I wanted to touch base on this morning here over the weekend, I was talking to one of my friends, and he was bringing up the World Economic Forum meeting that Klaus Schwab was at in Dubai last week. And the name of the meeting was the Great Narrative Meeting, which is interesting, you know, uh, basically going into detail about how they need to develop a great narrative, a story for the future. That's what he said, quotation. He goes, we're here to develop the great narrative, a story for the future. We have to design the future, and you have to execute it. Now, you also know Klaus Schwab is one of the individuals that basically has put the World Economic Forum video together that basically blatantly stated, you will own nothing and you will love it. And so over the weekend, I was talking to one of my friends, and he goes, I've heard you say this on the show, man. He's like, I've seen some of this stuff with the World Economic Forum. He goes, what exactly are they talking about here? Goes, I get what they're saying. He said, but how in the world do you do something like that? I said, well, that's actually a really good question. I said, to understand what these globalist, Marxist, Satanist, banker boys are doing all over the globe right now. I said, you have to listen to what they say, and you have to look at their track record and what they put out there. And I said, then you kind of have to do some predictive analysis. And I said, it's not difficult to figure out. I said, for example, last year, once we saw the whole entire COVID narrative start to show its ugly face, and we started to see people that were catching COVID basically were able to maintain a healthy immune system with proper supplements, as we encouraged everybody to do, we started to realize that there was much more to the narrative. And once we saw and heard about the vaccines that they were working on, there were RNA that weren't even really vaccines, they were injections. Back in, what was it, I think April, they started talking about it and pushing it real hard in Operation Warp Speed. Ted and I went into detail, blatantly said, you guys watch. If this continues to escalate and people continue to comply, they will not only mandate this, but they're going to start doing basically social sanctions on people. We talked about it in detail beginning of last summer in 2020. And sure enough, now here you see what they're saying blatantly right in front of us. They're basically trying to get people to not even have a choice on anything they do. You get the shot or you get terminated. This is where they're seeing all over the country. You get the shot or taking all your federal funds away at the you know nursing homes or basically the Medicaid, the Medicare. Well, what you have to look at here is the only way for them to actually make sure you have nothing is they have to make everything so expensive and so unfunctional that there's no way for you to actually purchase anything anymore. They don't have to take your stuff. They just have to destroy the value of your money. And then they can come back in and say, listen, we've had a great economic crash again. We're going to do what we should have done before. And we're essentially, because we care about you so much, we're just going to default on all the debt, and they'll sell it to the public. They'll pretend they care about all of us. You won't own anything, essentially, but we're going to eliminate all your mortgages, all your credit card debt, and you're going to be happy. 
Why? Because that's how they're going to cover the default, and they can't default without wiping out everybody's pension funds, all the Social Security platforms. All that stuff has to go to pretty much zero. The only way to do that is to default and flush everything and roll in a digital currency that can be the new social platform as far as the credit score, the financial sector, and can completely manipulate it. That's how they're going to sell it to everybody, and that's why it's so important right now that we continue – to hedge yourself against whatever you need, whether it basically is against inflation, whether you need to make sure you have food, whether or not you have supplies, and so forth. Because in my opinion, I think they're playing their card too blatantly obvious now. They're being very, very candid about what they're trying to do, especially with Klaus Schwab and all the nonsense that he spews out all the time. What people have to start doing now is they have to start using critical thinking, and they have to start hedging for what's going to happen over the next couple of years. These Marxist globalists are going to do everything they can can to try to subvert the United States and the financial system that we have right now. And so it is our responsibility to look at what they're telling us, and we have to plan accordingly, not only to protect ourselves and our family, but also our country at the same time. And so, again, that's why I encourage everybody, you have to use critical thinking on this. You have to wake up, and you have to say no to certain things, and you have to make a stand. For example, I saw now last week, Fiona Lachelle, I talked about her. She was down basically in uh, Tampa Bay in Palm Beach County, and essentially now they were like one of the last holdouts of the school districts that were still trying to force the children to be muzzled. And now pretty much all school districts now in the state of Florida have dropped mask mandates. And this Fiona Lachelle, she's eight years old. She was suspended almost 40 times for refusing to comply with the mandate repeatedly. And I talked about this last week. Well, she went to the doggone school board meeting in the last week, and she said, and I quote, your rules suck, and I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me. Just because I get suspended for not wearing a mask isn't going to change my mind. You can keep suspending me, and I still have the right not to wear a mask, and I have a right to say no. And what's happened is now the DeSantis administration in Florida basically came out, if you guys saw a couple weeks ago, and said if you keep forcing these masks In this game, we can keep playing this game. We're not going to play this game anymore. And now every single school district in the entire state of Florida has dropped the mask mandate or offered people the ability to not opt or to opt out or whatever they want to do. But essentially, they're not forcing it anymore, which I told you before. That was one of the most important things the globalists had to do because they had to subvert the culture, remove the identity, and prevent people from being actually able to communicate and have face-to-face interactions with another and basically make people essentially a mindless slave where all you see is eyeballs behind a mask. That was the entire goal from the beginning with the mask because there is and has not been any significant science that shows asymptomatic individuals or healthy individuals that are not showing any symptoms need to be running around with a muzzle reducing their oxygen level and recycling basically their CO2. I've repeatedly said this. So is dad. The research is there. We talked about the school board meeting back in April down here in Florida and completely totally blasted the narrative out of the water with actual science and clinical studies to back our argument and didn't just sit there and run our mouths and say, oh, it's science. You have to listen to what I say because science, which is what they've continually done now, as we see Bill Gates now completely killed his own narrative with the vaccine, as now they're coming up with the new narrative for the next shot that they want to come out with. He said blatantly, 
We didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmission. We need new ways of doing the vaccine. That was the interview that basically came out last week with him. I talked about that on the Hagman Show. Well, last time I checked, vaccines were never designed to help you with your health. The entire premise of an injection that's a vaccine is for you to build an immunity with basically a natural antibodies to a certain virus. They're not there to help you with your health. And, you know, he's trying to say that. What they're talking about next is the next phase of shots that they want to roll out. So this very quote that he said should give everybody very clear-cut indication that they did not expect these to work. They simply did them as a giant experiment to see what they can do. The hundreds of thousands of people that are listed on the VAERS database now that have had adverse events, the tens of thousands of people that have died on the VAERS event, are we saying now that, well, those were just basically a casualty of war? That, that was okay? That was, just, that was just an accident because, you know, we didn't know these things weren't going to work and they had severe side effects? That's blatantly what he's pretty much saying here. So, again, look at what they're telling you and figure out what it is and understand that you have to stand by your convictions at every point now in order to maintain the continuity of our republic, our Christian beliefs, and our freedom to every extent, Dad. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. Now, real quick, let me just say something. Whenever Austin asks me a question like that, I have my – microphone muted because I'm rattling papers and everything else behind me, and so I don't want you guys to hear all that. So that's why it takes me just a second for me to respond when he asks me a question to have to turn my microphones back on. Also, I want to say one other thing, too. You know, The show that we had on Friday with Dr. Rutland has been received globally. I've gotten emails from everywhere. Some people even said it's the best show that we've ever done. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's your opinion. I loved the show on Friday. Now, we had some audio difficulties. Dr. Rutland's microphone was extremely low. If you're trying to listen to it without having elevated audio as far as like on a car stereo, you can turn it up. But it is what it is on that. And also what I found was interesting, Tom pointed something out to me. Right when I started talking to him about the children of the devil, when Jesus basically was confronting the Pharisees in the book of John, we had all kinds of scratchy noises come on the show. I have no idea what that was. It sounded like people were rattling paperwork. It wasn't me. It wasn't Dr. Rutland. <laughs> so I have no idea what happened there. And Tom said, it's about right. You know, you start talking about that, all of a sudden the show gets attacked. So you guys can listen to it for yourself. And it was really, really a in-depth talk on what omnipresence means, what Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ is. And it was really a good show. It'll help build your faith. And if you have people that have never listened to the show before who want to learn more about Jesus and what he did by being a sacrifice for us, it is that show. It really is that good. Now, I want to go into detail a little bit real quick on the um, National Guard now being deployed ahead of the Rittenhouse verdict and how the judges received threats. And the judges also come out and said now the jury can entertain the thought that Rittenhouse provoked the attack. I mean, this is Wisconsin, which is extremely liberal, but hundreds of Wisconsin National Guard troops, hundreds, now not a few, but hundreds have been activated ahead of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial verdict to prevent rioting. Last year when Kenosha was burning due to the BLM and leftist riots, Democratic Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers refused to call out the National Guard to stop it. Police in Chicago, about 65 miles south of Kenosha, are also preparing for riots. Surprise, surprise with Chicago. Rittenhouse shot three men, killing two of them and wounding the third in this self-defense case. 
Judge Bruce Schrader, who has received death threats and threats against his family, is now allowing the jury, which has also received threats, to consider lesser charges against Rittenhouse, increasing the chances that he will be convicted. The article explains the current charges and provides details on possible lesser charges. I'm going to post this on healthmasters.com so you can read through the entire thing, including first-degree reckless homicide, use of a dangerous weapon, et cetera, et cetera. They're doing everything they possibly can to get a guilty verdict on this young man who basically was defending himself. And now it's shown that the guy was pointing a gun at him, that he defended himself by shooting, and on and on and on. Now, I hope he basically is basically found not guilty. I really do. And I could care less that these people who are on the jury or the judge are being pushed into a guilty verdict because of threats. When you go on to a jury trial like this, you know darn good and well that you're uh, in a hot seat. You know that. And you need to be aware of that before you go on it. You need to basically say, I'm not ready to do this, or I don't want to do this, or I find this guy guilty. Say something so you don't get put on the jury, but don't sit back now and say, I'll have to find this guy guilty because we're going to get threats. This is one of those cases. This is like Travon Martin and Zimmerman again here in Florida. But you notice something? When Travon Martin basically, you know, was killed and, and, and Zimmerman was found not guilty, we didn't have rioting in Florida. We didn't have cities being burned in Florida. Why is that? Because in Florida, <laughs> you've got millions of people with concealed weapons permits. You start having rioting down here, you're going to have a problem if you're a rioter. You know, Grady Judd, of, last year when all this was going on, he got on the dog on TV and told us that, you know, and warned the people who were rioting, if you come to loot and burn in Polk County, you're going to get shot. That I tell all of my, you know, constituents to basically carry guns and learn how to use them. And if they have somebody coming into their home to shoot them. He said that. So that's Florida. It's kind of like the wild, wild west, especially in the county we live in. But you have to be careful, and you've got to show discernment when you carry deadly force. That's really important. And, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is finding that out right now. Now, am I saying he should have gone to this riding area carrying an AR-15? I'm not even going to comment on any of that stuff. That's his choice. That's his Second Amendment right. But, you know, you've got to be discerning. Let me give you a couple examples. Yesterday I was speaking to my attorney. And we were, he's a friend of mine, a college roommate, good friend. His name's John Parvin, P-A-R-V-I-N. If you guys ever need a good attorney here in Florida, he's the one. And uh, you guys need to realize this. You know, John's very, very, how should I say, cautious when it comes to the use of, you know, force. And, and he tells people to be very, very, very careful if you use deadly force. He makes sure that it's justified. Let me give you two examples. And we talked about this yesterday in depth. There was a, and I'm not going to mention any names here as far as the cases but a man basically owned a record service and he ended up trying to tow a car and the guy basically uh, jumped in the car to drive away and the record service guy jumped in front of the car and pulled a gun on him and ended up discharging the weapon and killing the guy in the front seat of the car trying to escape from being towed and the record man decided that he was going to declare self-defense well he got 25 years in prison for killing the guy in the car you know, over $180 tow fee. I mean, <laughs> think through it. When you pull a gun out, you're going to change everything if you discharge that weapon. In some cases, even if you don't discharge the weapon, you may be, you know, charged for brandishing a weapon. Very, very, very important you understand this. And all the listeners need to be aware of this. Another case was very publicly seen here on, in Central Florida. A black woman, basically, and it doesn't matter if she's black, she just happened to be black, so I'm mentioning it because I've seen it from whites and blacks. 
she parked illegally in a handicapped spot at a, you know, at a convenience store. And this redneck white boy walks up to her, kind of an older guy, and starts fussing at her because she parked in a handicapped spot without a handicap sticker. Then her boyfriend, another big black guy, comes out there, sees this white guy fussing at his girlfriend. He pushes the white guy. The white guy falls down. The black guy starts to back up, and the white guy discharges his weapon, killing the black guy. Okay. The white guy got 25 years in prison. Now, why am I bringing these stories up? Why am I talking about all this? Because you need to realize that when you pick up a gun and you use deadly force, your life's going to change. Now, in either of those cases, I'm not even commenting on whether or not the person was right or wrong or justified in the usage of the gun. I'm making the point that if you end up in prison, okay, it doesn't matter whether you thought you were right or not. Be very, very careful and be very judicial if you decide that you're going to have to use deadly force. And I'm telling you guys, it's going to change everything in your life. Does that mean you can't defend yourself? Does that mean you have to allow yourself to be attacked? Absolutely not. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying be careful with what you choose to do and especially in what state you choose to do it in. But that's one of the problems, and that's why sometimes in the state of Florida, we have some abuse of the standing ground law because people get all cocky and somebody's trying to run away from them who basically pushed them or, or whatever, and they pull a gun and they start shooting at somebody. If somebody's trying to flee the scene, there's no reason to shoot them in the back and claim self-defense. Put it to you that way. It's not going to work. You're going to go to jail. Very, very important you understand that. This is also one of the reasons that many police officers who basically, how should I say, abused members of the public and basically, you know, physically assault them and do all kinds of weird things to them, they have their cameras turned off. <laughs> their cameras are turned off because they don't want anybody to see what they just have just done. Now, could it be that maybe they erased the camera, pulled the battery out of the camera, deleted the scene, and then said, oh, it was turned off? I don't know. You choose on that one, too. But the point is this. Be very careful with this. This Rittenhouse case is a mess. It's a really big mess. This guy's really young. And if he ends up going to state penitentiary or whatever, uh, Rittenhouse, I hope he doesn't, <laughs> he's going to have a mess on his hands. He really is. Because the guys that basically here in the state of Florida who were convicted of shooting people, and they claim self-defense, they both have gone to state prisons. State prisons in here in Florida, when you get Rayford and Stark, et cetera, they're a nightmare. They're not like a federal prison. They're horrible. The state prisons are horrible in the state of Florida, and you get some really hardcore people in those prisons. I spoke to a man. I was at the Florida State football game. We beat Miami on Saturday, and I was speaking to one guy who was sitting beside me. His name was Jimmy, and he works over at Stark, and he's an LPN, and he basically is a nurse, and he works in the prison. He's been in the prison system for almost 30 years, and he said it's awful. He said it's run completely by gangs. And we need to understand that if you get into a situation like that, it's horrible. In fact, if you're convicted for murder and you're in one of these institutions, you're not even allowed visitors. So in other words, if you're stuck in there, you're stuck in there for probably the rest of your life, 20, 25 years. And, and it's crazy when that happens. And people need to understand that be, you got to be really careful when you use deadly force. You pull a weapon. Be sensible when you do that. Oh, by the way. <laughs> just Lane Maxwell, speaking of people basically that are in prison or being locked up or being held, she's now saying that she's got it really, really, really bad in jail. And she's saying that she, you know, she cannot believe she's in a situation like this. She's, of course, is, is, is completely saying that she has 
you know, she's innocent of all these girls that she raped and she helped to sell sex traffic. And she remember she's a hardcore Luciferian Kabbalist Mossad agent who worked with Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently, what she's not doing is giving up her dead woman switch. <laughs> oh, what do I mean by that? Apparently, she's got enough dirt on people, and she's told them all this, that she's got these videotapes and audiotapes and every kind of other tape you can imagine, you know, in a safe location, and she's not giving up the whereabouts of these things. So either she's not being suicided or she's not being relocated or whatever. She's being left to rot in jail because she has enough authority and power over the people who she has these tapes on that if something happens to her, I guess this stuff's going to be released to the general population, perhaps to another group like WikiLeaks. I don't know. But here's the article. I want to read part of this to you. And I sit back and I think and I ponder this and I pondered it over the weekend. All those thousands of girls, many whom that I believe were also sex trafficked, sent to other nations and perhaps even, as I mentioned before on the show, sacrificed in that strange building, that tabernacle, that that, 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 that thing that was on Jeffrey Epstein's island, and I've asked multiple times, was there a sacrificial altar in there? And where did all the girls go? Thousands of girls were trafficked, and thousands of men and women were blackmailed, but yet only a few dozen women and young girls have come forward and said they were victims of Epstein. Where'd the rest of them go? Are they all that embarrassed? No, I don't think so. I don't think they're around anymore. But here's what she said, and this, and I, I laughed about this because, you know, she's, complaining now about what's happening to her in the prison but how about all those young girls that her and donald trump's first wife recruited into the sex slave business and they were brought down to Marlago, lago or they were jeffrey epstein they met they met jeffrey epstein at Marlago, lago which by the way is documented and then he brought them into the sex slave business outside of his, his private island or in his you know mansion down there in palm beach or new york and now she wants to us for, to feel sorry for her after she's done this to thousands of girls. Here's what it says. Daily Mail. World exclusive. Exclusive. Just Lane Maxwell tells all from the inside of her U.S. prison cell. Says that she says, I am weak, frail, tired, and I don't even have shoes to fit. And the guards feed me rotten food and, and one apple had maggots in it. <laughs> Just Lane Maxwell was speaking from her 10 by 12 foot prison cell inside of the New York's notorious Metropolitan Detention Center. She's 59 years old, and she says, I've not had a nutritious meal in all of that time. She goes, I have not been allowed to sleep without constant interruptions with lights in my eyes. She also claims that a friendly rat routinely sat next to her on an open sewer and went to the toilet. Heiress, who faces the rest of her life behind bars, if convicted of abusing and procuring young girls for billionaire financier Jeffrey Epstein, Charges she vehemently denies, of course she would, claims she stopped taking showers as creepy guards stare at her. Okay, why don't you think about this, you wretched, filthy, satanic, Mossad, Kabbalist weirdo. How about all of those girls that begged you to take them home? Would they have changed their mind after you had procured them and you still allowed them to be raped by multiple men? How about the girls who were in his temple as they were screaming, who begged you to take them home, who were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. My response to you, Ghislaine Maxwell, may you rot in prison. And personally, I hope you get the death sentence for what you've done. But, of course, you do have that dead woman switch, don't you? 
And that's my commentary today. I have absolutely no feelings of sympathy for this woman whatsoever because of what she's done and what she's been involved with. I could tell you more stories of people that I know who personally know her, but I'm not going to do that because it would compromise my relationship with those folks. But she is one filthy, filthy wretch. And quite frankly, I think it's ridiculous that Daily Mail would post an article trying to get people to feel sorry for her. But I just thought I'd start Sunday or Monday morning off with that, with her nonsense again. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, that's that's all that was. That, that was a total, you know, emotional piece to try to make people actually have sympathy for her, even though what she was involved in was completely and totally atrocious. So I have, I have no sympathy for her whatsoever. And, yeah, to, to say one more thing you're talking about, Kyle's trial right now, that's everything that's going on with it. One thing about it that, you know, that a lot of people have been trying to figure out they've gone back and forth on this argument and the thing that I've constantly said repeatedly as well is people go well he shouldn't have been there he shouldn't have been there blah 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 well the same argument goes the exact same direction why were there rioters there why were there arsonists there why were there looters there running around trying to light a gas station on fire the, the same question begs the ask, and so that's what I really hope the jury starts looking at this. They really, really try to look at this from a true, unbiased standpoint on last year, what we were all exposed to. Okay, Austin, I want to say one thing real quick because you're 100% right, and me add this to that. Why weren't the police involved, and why weren't the police stopping it? Why weren't yes. the National Guard stopping it? Why did Kyle Rittenhouse have to be there? That's my right. point. Go ahead. And you're exactly right. Why did a 17, almost 18-year-old get called upon by his friends in a city to come give them backup? Because nobody would defend the city, especially the law enforcement. That's my big question. So whether you're you're on one side or the other side of it, the question is – why were we exposed to what we were exposed to last year on a national level in cities all across the country? And yet in most cases, we saw law enforcement completely stand down, not even do much of anything in some cities because they were so liberal they were told to stand down. But yet we had one incident in the Capitol building one day on January 6th, and we've got over 600 Americans that are still being held without bail. Why is that happening? Why didn't we see anybody go to jail that was rioting? Why were people that were arrested had charges dropped on them from majority of the prosecuting attorneys in the cities? Those questions, and I hope, are brought up in this trial because I've watched part of it, but obviously I have a lot of other things to do besides sit there and watch a trial and take excerpts on it. So I've taken notes and stuff as I've seen it. But I just kind of want to put that out there is that if this is the case that we brought to an America now, the 17- and 18-year-old kids – are basically being forced upon to try to support certain areas and basically try to help. Because his, by the way, Kyle's dad lives in over there where he was at. That's one thing nobody's brought up either from what I've read now. His mom basically lived in the state over. His dad lived over there. Secondly, the guy that he first shot, if you guys have looked at this now, the reports are coming out now that that guy, Rosenbaum, Convicted child rapist on 11 counts, by the way, complete and total pedophile, was yelling verbal threats at Kyle that he was going to kill him and tried to take Kyle's gun from him. That's another thing that's been coming out now. Now, again, I wasn't there. I'm just reporting to you what, they're being, what I'm being told and what we're hearing. So, again, 
This is something that dad's exactly right about it, though. Always understand when you get involved in something like that, that it's going to change everything. But again, why is nobody asking about all the rioters and arsonists and looters that were running around? Why are nobody addressing that topic at all? Just thought I would bring that up. Also, too, in other news as well, Austria has now taken the cake. They now get the biggest cake in the world as being the first country to do full lockdowns on unvaccinated individuals. Yes, you heard that right. They said the lockdown goes in effect tonight at midnight and will apply to everyone ages 12 and older who has not been vaccinated or cannot prove they've recovered from COVID-19. Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg said, and I quote, this step was not easy to take, but is necessary. The risk for the unvaccinated people is much higher. The chancellor once again urged people to get vaccinated immediately in order to break the wave. Otherwise, we'll never escape this vicious cycle. Upper Austria and Salzburg were the first to announce they would impose the lockdown on Monday. Lockdown violators will face a 500 euro fine. And businesses that allow people that are unvaccinated to enter their store can be fined up to 30,000 euros per incident. I can't even make this up, guys. The idea of a lockdown exclusively targeting targeting the unvaccinated was first floated in September. They said health officials have grown increasingly alarmed that hospitals will become overcrowded because of the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Roughly only 65% of Australia's 9 million population have been injected. So this is going to get weird, real weird in Australia. And this, this is something that I figured was going to happen eventually, where unvaccinated are pretty much going to be demonized. And that's what they're doing here now. They're basically treating them like prisoners. And what's ironic to me when I saw it, the risk for the unvaccinated people is much higher. So let me get this straight, Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg. You're forcing people to stay in their homes and you're fining them if they leave their homes, if they have not been injected for their protection. Their protection. Okay. So we're now going to find healthy people for leaving their home. Okay. Well, kind of like we talked about last year, isn't this again the first time in recorded history we're now quarantining people that are healthy? They're not symptomatic. We're not telling people if they get COVID that they, you know, basically have to stay at home. We're telling people that are perfectly healthy. Are not having any health problems. Most cases, they probably do have a natural immunity to it based on some aspects. Remember, a lot of people contracted this or got exposed to it don't get sick. They get a minor viral load. Their body fights it off very easily because they have a very strong immune system. They hammer the supplements like they need to with the D3, the zinc, the vitamin C, and their body has a really good response to it and handles it properly. So why is it now we're actually even remotely thinking this is okay to tell people they can't leave their home and they can't go out in public until they get injected? I don't know, but this is something very, very disturbing. And as again, we're seeing this become a more and more regular occurrence with further and further and further restrictions and lockdowns on individuals that are perfectly and completely healthy. And then to take it a step further, because we already knew this was going to happen, because apparently the first phase of the RNA injections was the main phase as far as the initial one to go in. Now they're saying British pharmaceutical company is moving forward now on their phase one trials for their new COVID injection, which is applied as a skin patch and uses T cells to fight the virus. In theory, allegedly giving longer protection since the RNA injection was a complete failure. In my opinion, it was purposely done that way. 
Speaking of The Guardian, an article published on Monday, Emergex Chief Commercial Officer Robin Cohen hailed the awarding regulatory approval by Swiss, Swiss authorities by allowing his Oxfordshire-based firm to push forward with clinical trials. He stated it's the first time a regulator has approved a COVID injection for clinical trials. That its sole purpose was to generate targeted T-cell responses rather than an antibody response. Okay, I'm going to take one step back here for a second. We're going to cover this real quickly, and I'm going to let Dad bring this in. The first injections they rolled out last year were RNA. They were the first of their kind. They had never done clinical trials ever on human beings, and they tried them first time ever last year, first of their kind. And they're supposed to be touted as this brand new, awesome technology. Everybody was super protected. All the numbers went 95% effective rate. Great, great stuff. It was a complete and total lie. They don't work at all. They don't prevent anything. They don't stop transmission. They're a complete lie. Okay, we've established that. Now we're saying, since the RNA ones were complete and total failure, now we're going to roll out clinical trials for the first of its kind with generating targeted T-cell responses. Did they have no idea what this is going to do in normal, healthy people, much less individuals that already have RNA injections and are producing spike proteins at a rapid pace now and are already having horrific immune responses, as we saw in the research from the doctor that did blood work pre-shot, post-first shot, post-second shot, and he said blatantly the immune system took a nosedive and crashed the floor after the second injection. Is this even something that we need to be playing with? Because I think these guys right now have got a little taste of this godlike complex of making these new drugs to test them out on hundreds of millions of people. And now they want to take it a step further and see what happens when you start generating targeted T-cell response from an injection that has never, ever been approved for human trials until randomly now they're rolling it out. What do you think about this, Deb? <laughs> well, you know, you've got to understand something. And, you know, Austin and everybody basically has to look at all of it the same. You know, we've got a real problem here in the United States, you know, with this group of people that are running the planet experimenting on us. <laughs> That's all it boils down to. It's like we're in a Petri dish and they're doing everything they possibly can to destroy our immune systems. You know, Dr. LeBeau said this on the Jesse Ventura conspiracy show, you know, 10 years ago. She said they're coming after the immune system. So one of the reasons she said that she's left the country. And we need to get that, you know, through our heads that they're doing everything they can from an experimental standpoint to destroy us from an immune system standpoint because they want to reduce the population of the planet. They have been experimenting on us or somebody has been experimenting on us or they have been experimenting on us, whoever they are, for, you know, for decades and decades with, with cattle mutilation. And with draining cattle of their blood and taking out their genitalia and using laser-like scalpels, you know, I'm talking 70, 80 years ago, when those things weren't even in existence yet, to basically take these animals apart in the field with no tracks whatsoever around the animals. I mean, there's no tire tracks, no footprints, no nothing. No predator footprints, nothing. You guys do some research on that. And so something else is going on that we're not being taught and we're not being told. And it's kind of like an extra-dimensional or interdimensional or, uh, how should you say, extraterrestrial influence. We were talking now fallen angels. Uh, the other day I was talking to a, a woman who's very, very brilliant. In fact, she's a former Miss Florida. And we were talking about who in the world 
was running the planet. And she said, well, quite frankly, I was, I was talking to her and her husband. She said to me, she goes, quite frankly, she goes, I think it's the fallen angels that are still doing this. <laughs> I said to her, I said, you're pretty much on point. I said, that's exactly right. We have inter-extra dimensional entities that completely control the planet. Now, just to talk about what happens, let me, let, me, let me give you a little detail here. On Friday, I spoke to a former NASA astronaut who's gone to space in the space shuttle twice. Not going to mention any names, not going to go there. Really nice guy. I met him at an airport here in central Florida. He was getting his plane serviced, and he basically was out on the tarmac. And I was out there with some friends, and I ran into him, and I started asking him some questions. Now, let's talk about the space shuttle for one second. I'm going to tell you about the questions that I asked him. This is an article. This is right out of Wikipedia. And, and basically, they're talking about the shuttle's orbit and what they did. The shuttle goes up about 200 miles. That's it. 200 to 240 miles. That's it. That's as far as it's going to go. Now, why doesn't it go any higher than that? Well, it doesn't go any higher than that because of a very little thing up there. It's kind of pesky called the Van Allen Radiation Belt. And I'm going to read this right from Wikipedia. The Van Allen Radiation Belt is a zone of energetic charged particles, most of which originate from the solar wind that are captured by and held around our planet by our magnetosphere. Earth has two such belts, and sometimes others may be temporarily created. The belts are named after James Van Allen, who credited with their discovery. And they're about 640 miles above the Earth. Okay, Now, they're telling you the space shuttle is hundreds of miles lower than that. And so they don't go into the Van Allen radiation belt. They stay about you know 300 miles below it. Now, there's a reason for that. When they get into the Van Allen radiation belt, and they've thrown some tethers in there before from the space shuttles, all kinds of electrical issues start to occur from charged particles. And it's a very highly radioactive area. That's one of the first things that I started asking questions of and started thinking about back in the 60s and the 70s, and I still think about it today, is how in the world did the Apollo program get through the Van Allen radiation belt in order to go through and to the moon? To, to go through the battle, obviously, race go to the moon. And I've always wondered that. And I've, and I've always thought, well, if I ever speak to a pilot or to a astronaut, I'm going to ask them that question. Now, now you already know where this is going. <laughs> and so, I'm, so I'm, I'm thinking Van Allen radiation belt when I speak to this basically astronaut on Friday. And so I, I walk up to him and he's checking his plane out and I, I introduce myself and he gave me his name, and I started talking to him, and he's a former Navy captain, and basically he flew off of jets and flew all kinds of different aircraft. Very, very decorated. Brilliant man, really nice guy. And I started asking him, I said, what was it like to be in space? And he goes, well, I did two spacewalks. He said, I was out on the shuttle, and I was part of two teams, and I was able to do spacewalks you know, on the tether twice. I said, oh, that's really, really interesting. And I said, what was it like being in that space shuttle going into orbit? He goes, it's like an experience unlike anything you can even describe. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I said, well, yes, let me ask you a few more questions if you don't mind. I said, how in the world, you know, did Apollo <laughs> – you know what I did. You know what I did. How in the world did Apollo get through the Van Allen radiation belt? And he goes, oh, that's easy. <laughs> I almost started laughing. Now, out of respect for this guy and – the fact that I don't want to have security call because it was interesting. He had a handler with him. Now, it could have been a friend. It could have been his attorney. It could have been another pilot who was a friend of his. But he had a guy who was shadowing him wherever he went. I thought that was a bit odd. And I thought, well, I wonder if this guy's been given a person to basically 
be with him in case he gets asked questions like I'm doing right now to see what his answer is going to be. And we were standing by this guy's plane, and he was one side of the wing. I'm at the end of the wing, and this other guy was standing literally right by the wing listening to everything he was saying. And he goes, oh, the Van Allen radiation belt, that's easy. He's, we wear radar things you know, on our, on our uniforms to make sure that we don't get too much radiation exposure. And the spacecraft that goes through the Van Allen radiation belt carries shielding. <laughs> I, almost, I almost just started just laughing. Now, is he talking about current spacecraft? Now, here's the questions. I, didn't ask him, I did not ask him these questions. Is he talking about current spacecraft that are currently flying through the Van Allen radiation belt? that are using anti-gravity technology, or is he talking about Apollo? And I said, oh, I said, I didn't realize that Apollo had that. He goes, oh, no, no, it was very easy to go through the belt. You just fly through it. I thought to myself, how do you fly through a microwave oven that's a thousand times more powerful than your kitchen microwave oven without getting cooked? That's what I thought, or causing organ damage or some type of other damage, even if you're only in it briefly. But I let that go. Then I asked him another question. I thought, I said, well, have you ever seen anything weird up there as far as things that, you know, weren't supposed to be there, like, you know, UFOs? And he's, oh, no, 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 no. We've never seen anything up there that can't be explained. That's that. Those were his words, quote. Now, that means he didn't answer the question, did he? He did not answer the question, you know, because a lot of these guys from the shuttle ships and the, they leaked information. They've seen things like other spaceships that aren't supposed to be there. But he wouldn't answer the question. He says, we haven't, there's nothing, I've not seen anything that can't be explained. So that means we're explaining away. Oh, we have an alien spaceship. They're here all the time. That's one of their, you know, X-class ships. You know, we know all about those. Well, that's, that just explained it, right? But it was a very interesting, but the guy, <laughs> you could tell, and I like this guy too. He was really nice. He really was. Brilliant man. And you could tell he didn't want to answer the questions the way that I was asking him, the way he was answering them. I'll say that. And he was basically in one of those situations that, you know, he was being forced, I felt, my opinion now, to say what he was saying as far as from a standard response. So why would I say that? Let me explain something to you. Colonel Corso was basically the man who wrote The Day After Roswell. And he basically had a 50-year where he could not disclose any information after he left the military, which is pretty much standard for colonels. They can't talk about stuff for 50 years. Well, chances are they're going to be dead before they can talk about anything. And Colonel Corso happened to outlive his 50-year limitation, and he wrote the book The Day After Roswell, which I recommend all of you read. Two books, The Day After Roswell and The Money Mafia by Hellier, the former defense prime minister of Canada. And you read those two books, and you'll get an understanding of more of why I'm talking about this. Now, I never talked about stuff like this before I read those two books. After you read those two books, they'll snap you tight to make you realize that we ain't alone. And, of course, NASA's already said that this past summer. They said, we're not alone. We have other spaceships that are advanced technology that we have that are being misidentified as UFOs. And we have other things that are seem to be from an extraterrestrial origin. And the American people just yawned because we've seen so many space movies <laughs> and so many Will Smith movies and so many different Fourth of, Day, you know, Fourth, Fourth of July Independence Day movies. That, you know, we're thinking, oh, whatever, just another alien. Oh, guys, let me tell you something. That's what they want us to think, isn't it? They don't want us to make any issue about who these things are and what they are and the influence they have in human affairs because they've been around for thousands upon thousands of years. Quite frankly, they ain't going anywhere. So we need to be aware of what they're doing and who they are. But I thought you guys get a kick of the fact that I actually, I guess, uh, (laughs) I had the audacity to ask this guy, about the space shuttle 
and about UFOs and about, you know, <laughs> Fat Allen radiation belts. I've got a good friend of mine. He worked for NASA back in the 60s. And he one time he brought up the Van Allen radiation belt at a meeting. And I've told you the story before. And they told him to shut up. They did. They told him to shut up. <laughs> shut up. We don't talk about that. I mean, why can't you talk about that? And he's the one who told me that the space, the, the Apollo program, he was at the Cape. He was an electrical engineer. That the Apollo program never left low Earth orbit. It, it orbited around the south, southern part of the United States, south of the equator. All of the telemetry was handled via Australia. And then they did a splashdown a few days later, supposedly when they were coming back from the moon, and that was it. That's what he said. He said they never went to the moon, not on Apollo. Now, I'm going to say this to you guys. Do I believe we have the capability of going to the moon now? The answer is yes, but it ain't with Apollo rocket ships. Do I believe we've been to the moon? The answer is yes, I believe that. But is that why he was saying that it was no big deal to fly through the Van Allen radiation belt from the mouth of an astronaut? I said that. I'm telling you this because the ships contain shielding. Well, I've been inside. I've looked inside of the Apollo capsules that splashed down when I've gone to the museums there. To I believe they were either in either in they were either in uh, Cocoa Beach up there in NASA where they had where the Cape is, or they were basically. But the Smithsonian, and I've been, and, they, and they're like, they're like, they're like a beer can. <laughs> they're that thin. Okay, how in the world do you shield yourself with a beer can from the Van Allen radiation belt? Mm, I'm not seeing it. But you guys, make your up of your own on mind on this. I've gone pretty far into the woo right now, so I don't want to go any further than this. By the way, a computer, a computer guy is now telling us that augmented reality. And VR, virtual reality, could basically that the metaverse could make our reality disappear because human beings, I guess, are so stupid that they're going to want to be inside of a virtual reality system. Here's the article. Louis Rosenberg, a computer scientist known for developing the first functional augmented reality system at the Air Force Research Laboratory that enhances computer interactions through visual, auditory and other sensory means believes that by integrating virtual reality and augmented reality and impelling people to interact in the digital realm for a significant portion of their day could alter our sense of reality. In other words, we would like to be in the matrix more than we don't want to be in the matrix and distort how we interpret our daily experiences. He said that our surroundings will become filled with persons and places and objects and activities that don't actually exist, but yet they'll seem deeply authentic to us. Rosenberg was concerned about platform providers that will have the infrastructure. Mark Zuckerberg recently changed the name of Facebook to Meta, which basically means death in Hebrew if you want to look that one up, to reflect the transition of the company into the metaverse. And of course, you know, technologies adopted in the same of the name of convenience rarely remain optional, and those who do not participate will be at a disadvantage socially, economic, and intellectually. So are you going to have a secondary life you know, in this augmented reality, which you can be a superhero and fly around with a cape. That sounds like it'd be kind of fun, but you got to kind of be able to maintain some reality of where you need to be. So you got to got to think through this before you start getting involved in all these crazy different things. By the way, the federal court now has upheld a decision to halt Biden's staggeringly overbroad vaccine mandate. We'll see if the Supreme Court picks it up. The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans upheld its decision to block the vaccine mandate. They require businesses with 100 or more workers to be vaccinated by January 4th or wear face masks and undergo weekly tests. The court ordered the U.S. Department of Labor to take no further steps 
to implement its mandate. Judge Kurt Engelhart wrote in the prevailing opinion that the mandate goes too far, and he, he has grave concerns about whether the edict is legal or even constitutional. He wrote, from an economic uncertainty to a workplace strife, the specter of the mandate has contributed to untold economic upheaval in recent months. At least 27 states have filed legal challenges to at least six federal appeals courts after OSHA released its rules on November the 4th. The federal government said that its court filings Monday that the cases should be consolidated and that one of the circuit courts where a legal challenge has been filed should be chosen at random on November the 16th to hear it. In other words, they want to put it back in a circuit court that's going to be unbelievably liberal and going to support this vaccine mandate. What they're going to do, we're going to find out. By the way, scientists are attempting to grow COVID vaccine-filled lettuce in edible plants so they could force you to take the COVID shot, whether you want to or not, by poisoning you with food. <laughs> that's not that's an old concept, isn't it? Have they done that to water with fluoride a long, long time ago, like in 1946? Haven't they been putting all kinds of hormones in the food supply since about the same amount at the same time? Haven't these hormones in the food completely affected the population now and feminized so many of the men for generations now until there are really no alpha males left in the aggregate as far as in large dosing? There's very few alpha males left. Just, just be real about that. You know, how many people still like to watch John Wayne movies? I do. Austin does. I really like John Wayne. He was an alpha male. Now, mind you, he has some issues. I got that. All alpha males do. But the reality is, hey, he was a real man. And we've got to remember that, guys. They don't want any real men. They want everybody to be hermaphrodite. They don't want any more written houses running around when his friends ask to be helped and pulls the gun out and says, okay, I'll go help you guys so they don't burn your business down. They don't want those. But even Alan Dershowitz the unbelievable liberal who was buddies with Jeffrey Epstein and who knows what they've got on him has said that Rittenhouse should be acquitted and that the media outlets need to be sued for trying this kid and basically the media. And I got to give O'Dershowitz credit for that one. That's pretty slick. I actually agree with him on that. And we need to understand that, you know, if we don't get this media under control, it's not going to get any better. Because quite frankly, if we don't get it under control, they're going to continue to propaganda efforts to the point where all the dumbed-down Americans on the fluoride and the tricyclic antidepressants and the serotonin reuptake inhibitors who can't think anymore are going to continue to believe the media until they can put those dumbed-down Americans into the metaverse and give them an augmented reality so their life will be better. And so they will sit around in augmented reality all day completely and totally addicted to it. Remember how addictive social media is, friends? People want to check their iPhones over and over and over and over and over again throughout the day, even at dinner when they're eating with their families and friends. Listen to me. You get yourself into a metaverse in which you're Captain America or you're Iron Man or you're Superman and you're flying around and you're being the hero of heroes and you think it's real. You think you're ever going to come back to the earth or maybe you would own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah. Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to sedate us with that? Probably. By the way, massive steel of farms is underway in the United States, and the goal is to reduce food production in the United States. Biden, basically through the social communist Marxist infrastructure bill, is doing everything he possibly can to destroy American farmland. Uh, they are actively destroying agriculture to make American hungry come 22. Prices are, keep skyrocketing, and they will control over all media, and this is for your own good. The scam can only be...
stopped by audits and making sure that your election machines are not digital. That's really important. We got to go back to old technology, guys. We got to go back to paper ballots or this ain't going to get fixed. And then we got to make sure that everybody who counts the ballots is real. And we've got to go back to exit polling and national elections. Remember, Bush stopped that. You know, when people are basically influencing the election in California, so he outlawed exit polling and national elections. Guys, listen to me. Exit polling kept the kept the kept the kept the constraints on this because if you're doing an exit poll and you test you check a thousand people that walk out of the precincts and 90 percent of them voted republican and 10 percent of them voted democrat and suddenly the results come out and it's exact opposite something ain't right something stinks in denmark something's wrong okay and so we've got to understand that and so we've got to get back to those old technologies that we can do that and verify these elections really 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 important Guys, thank you. I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. I know I sure did. I pray that you guys continue just to serve God, obey his commandments, and seek him first in every area of your life, and to always, always bring Jesus up in every conversation you possibly can, because he's the author, and he's the finisher, and he's the protector of our faith. I love you guys. I had the opportunity to pray for you today. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Hope you enjoyed my astronaut story. Hope we get to meet him again. I'd like to get a hold of him and talk to him when he doesn't have a handler with him. I appreciate you guys. God bless you. Also, go to finish it up. Absolutely. And also, too, as we're starting to see now, multiple countries are starting to actually wake up and realize what they're doing to these children with these injections are not okay. I saw an article earlier, as I told you guys at the beginning of the show, that all of a sudden they decided with Pfizer to no longer use the phosphate-buffered saline in the COVID injection for the kids, and they switched it to trimethamine, which is and makes blood and urine more alkaline or less acidic. It's used as a heart attack injectable drug. They put that in the new shot for 5 to 11-year-olds instead of the phosphate-buffered saline. It's right on the Pfizer site. You pull up the, basically the notes on it, the approval. Now, it's interesting now. Taiwan has apparently realized that myocarditis is an issue. Multiple other countries are realizing this myocarditis is an issue. And what's appearing to me is they're trying to create a generation of young people with weak hearts that are essentially they're going to die early or they're going to be dependent on the medical system for the rest of their life for their drugs. That's what I personally think is starting to happen right now. There's no reason that they would have put a heart attack medication in this vaccine if they knew what it was doing was totally safe and healthy. Taiwan now has apparently figured this out. They just announced they are halting the injections for children ages 12 to 7 due to concerns about heart damage, and they are not approving the Pfizer shot for children under 12 right now. The U.K. basically quietly came out and did something similar. They're only recommending one shot for ages 12 to 18, and they are not approving it so far for the younger group. Hong Kong just did the exact same thing. People are starting to realize that this is not okay. There's something seriously damaging to young children's hearts and even young adolescent and young adults' hearts with this myocarditis. There's a very, very horrific thing to have happen to you, especially at that young of an age. So something we definitely have to get out there and wake up as many people as possible when it comes to this. Also, too, in positive news out in California, surprisingly, Calveras County, California, the United School District out there voted unanimously Five to zero to defy Governor Nuisance's command to inject children with shots out in California, no matter the cost or damage to their little bodies. This is now the second school district in the county to do so, and apparently other school districts in the state of California are considering similar 
measures. And so I commend that we actually have a couple good school boards out there that are concerned about the children and are not planning on mandating shots for kids whatsoever, especially when we have no idea what it's doing. And then you got Bill Gates coming out and saying the shots don't even work. They're mainly just used for health, which is a downright lie. So if that's the case, why in the world are you injecting 5- to 11-year-olds then that are perfectly healthy and have already recovered from it? Makes zero sense at all under any circumstances. So again, thank you, my friends, for getting the truth out there. Thank you for holding the line on this. We're all in this together. If you guys need anything, be sure to give us a call at healthmasters.com. The attention factor, one of my all-time favorite supplements that we manufacture, is on the website right now. It's product of the week, over 15% off on the front page of the website. Really, really good product, especially for focus and mental acuity. If you got projects, school, presentations, really, really good for that. Be sure to check it out. Also, to the D3 10,000. It's on sale for 20% off right now. Put a big blowout sale on that. Got a fresh batch in for everybody as we're going into wintertime. Keep your immune system strong, my friends. You have a great, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Thank you.